Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. You know how the saying goes, new year, new Congress. The 118th Congress is set to convene today, still with the Democratic majority in the Senate, but with a new but narrow Republican majority in the House of Representatives. 47 Republicans and 36 Democrats will be sworn in today, followed by a vote for the new Speaker of the House. Now, typically the vote for Speaker is fairly predictable, but not this year. Hopefully not an omen for the rest of 2023. The frontrunner appears to be Kevin McCarthy, who has reportedly already moved into the Speaker's office. But as of this recording, he apparently does not have the required 218 votes to secure the gavel. McCarthy has already made a number of concessions to get elected, including agreeing that his speakership could be recalled at any time if just five GOP members call for it. However, even with that promise, he still hasn't convinced up to 10 Republicans whose votes he will need. The obvious question is, who else could the speaker be? As of now, the other name in the ring appears to be Republican Whip Steve Scalise of Louisiana, who has served in the House since 2008, though it's still not clear if he himself could garner the 218 votes needed. You know, it's just like when they're getting ready to announce the new Bachelor. It's important to have a few names in the running to keep the viewership tuned in. While we're welcoming the newest members of Congress, we have to address the many questions surrounding the Republican representative-elect who says his name is George Santos and is set to be sworn in today. After numerous revelations have emerged that Santos lied about quite literally everything about himself, including his work experience, educational background, family history, religious ancestry, and even the details of his own mother's death. He said she died on both 9-11 and in December 2016. Impressive. The Republican district attorney in Santos's county has now announced that she is opening an investigation into the new representative. The DA's office plans to investigate the source of the $700,000 that Santos claimed to loan his own campaign in 2022 just two years after he filed disclosure forms in his unsuccessful 2020 congressional run, where he claimed no assets or income. True, it sounds very sketchy, but who's to say that Santos didn't just pick the right time to buy a monkey NFT? Now we have to rewind all the way back to 2022, because while many Americans spent the week between Christmas and New Year's losing track of all place and time, the House of Representatives was dropping thousands of pages of long-awaited documents, first with the full January 6th report, and then six years of Trump's tax returns. Let's start with some key points from the January 6th committee's findings, and these are far from exhaustive. The committee found that Trump and his allies took at least 200 discrete actions to convince state legislators and lawmakers to disregard the 2020 election results, including encouraging supporters to protest at their homes and Rudy Giuliani arranging to hold private conferences with Republican lawmakers in swing states in order to try to convince them to accept illegitimate slates of electors that they wanted Mike Pence to count instead of the real ones. And then there are the texts. Thousands of emails and text messages between Trump's staff revealed that they knew Trump's claims about the election were false, and that Trump himself knew this, and also made clear the direct involvement of the RNC in the fake elector scheme, especially by Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. And even after the insurrection on the 6th, Trump's outgoing administration made significant attempts to hinder the Biden administration from taking office, from trying to block them out of COVID planning to attempting to withhold the White House blueprints so the Bidens couldn't move in. It's true, this administration never really did quite get the hang of object permanence. 
And in terms of possible consequences, the committee voted in late December to make a criminal referral to the DOJ for Donald Trump. But the report also suggests other solutions, including disqualifying Trump from holding future office under the 14th Amendment, which says that anyone who is engaged in an insurrection or given aid or comfort to the enemies of the U.S. can be barred from holding office. The report also recommends that congressional committees investigate the role of social media companies and their policies which have radicalized consumers and provoked Americans to attack their own country. And while the report is over 800 pages, the committee is continuously releasing more underlying documentation and interview transcripts. You have to wonder if Trump will finally get sick of seeing his name in print. Now on to the tax returns. The House Ways and Means Committee released thousands of pages of Donald Trump's tax returns, covering a six-year period between 2015 and 2020. During that period, Trump reported a negative adjusted gross income in four out of six years, ranging from losses between $24 and $32 million. During his first three years in office, he paid a total of $1.1 million in income tax, which sounds like a lot until you hear that in 2020, he claimed a tax refund of $5 million. Unsurprisingly, he was able to use the tax code to minimize his tax obligation. Even in 2018, which was the year of his largest tax bill where he paid just shy of $1 million in taxes, Trump's effective tax rate was only 4.1%, which is far below the top 37% individual rate that was set in his own 2017 law. But perhaps the most intriguing part of the returns reveals that he earned money from dozens of countries with which his administration interacted, including the UAE, India, Turkey, and China as well as that he maintained bank accounts in China, Ireland, the UK, and St. Martin. And in several years, Trump actually paid more in foreign taxes than he did in US taxes, as has been tradition for all presidents since Washington. For our final segment today, we're going international. Russia can seem to quit its Ukraine invasion, but it appears that Ukraine has resolved not to take it anymore. Early on New Year's Day, at least several dozen Russian soldiers were killed in a massive military strike in Donetsk. While Ukraine did not take responsibility for the attack, technically, they claimed that at least 400 soldiers were killed and at least 300 injured, though Russia's defense ministry claimed the death toll was 63 people. Almost all of Russia's nearby military equipment was also destroyed in what could potentially be the deadliest attack on Russian forces since the start of the invasion though I suppose that would depend on if the death toll is 63 or 400. And finally for today, Brazil's new leftist president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, was officially sworn in on Sunday. Like someone else we know, his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro, did not attend the inauguration and handed off power to his vice president even prior to Lula swearing in. So why would Bolsonaro hand off power after not really conceding that he lost the election, while his supporters had been camping outside military buildings and blocking highways in protest? Because according to flight tracking websites, last Friday Bolsonaro fled to, of all places, Orlando, Florida. So it's only a matter of time before he's spotted in the fast pass lane at Disney. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our premium extra extra episodes where I deep dive on less covered, but extremely intriguing topics. Last week, we explored Saudi Arabia's newest project, a country within their country known as Neom, which they're creating as a technologically enabled tourist destination with progressive laws. And it will be funded by the Saudi Public Investment Fund as well as outside investors. The episode examines what Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman could possibly want to get out of this project. 
and which communities he's kicking off their land to get it done. And of course, please rate and review the morning announcements on your favorite podcast app to help keep us growing in 2023. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.